Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. But not today. Today, we're kicking off a special series on the Xamarin Podcast, where we talk to creators of amazing apps built with Xamarin. And first up is Seeing AI. Seeing AI is an incredible app that uses artificial intelligence to help blind people see the world around them. I'm Matt Sokup, and today I'm joined by Sakib Sheikh and Alexi Strach. Sakib, let's 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 start with you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Every time I go to um, the Seeing AI website on Microsoft, I see a photo of you. So you're a little bit famous for me. So tell me a little bit more about yourself, a little bit of background of how you got into development. Hi, great. Yeah, so um, I'm a software engineer here at Microsoft, and I lead a team working on sort of tech for good solutions, in particular, as you said, Seeing AI, which is a talking camera app for people who are blind. So it's been a long journey. I can definitely tell you a bit more about how we get started and so forth. But um, yeah, that's me. Wonderful. And Alexi, how about you? Uh, my role is uh, I'm from Mobcat team, which is mobile customer advisory team, and we help him helping our customers to achieve more, to um, help them with their issues they facing while developing their amazing apps. Basically, it is performance issues, architecture issues, some probably user interface layouts, and we're doing it all in Xamarin. Wonderful. So. I want to hear a little bit more about the origin of this app, where it came from. So, Sakeb, could you fill me in on where, where this idea came from and then the initial building of the app? Tell me like, how you found out about this or where it came from, the idea, and how you started to initially build it out. Wow. So you could say this originates back to when I was in university many, many years ago. And, you know, you always have this futuristic vision. I was studying artificial intelligence and thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could have like a pair of glasses or something that would just tell me what's around me at any moment in time? And I should say that I am blind myself. And so, you know, it was, as they say, scratching my own itch. And, you know, that stayed an idea because like, you know, sci-fi dreams. But then it's 2014, Microsoft had its very first hackathon. This is a company-wide hackathon with thousands and thousands of people from across the company uh, participating. And it was it felt a bit special. We'd had so many hackathons at Microsoft with you know, just a few uh, participants. This just felt a different scale, and I wanted to do something big. So I kind of thought, okay, let's, let's dream big. What would happen if? And, and that was where V1, you know, the very first hack, the first prototype came from. And then that's 2014, then you go to the next year. And, you know, for the next year, I was pushing this on as a side project. I was working on Bing and Cortana at the time um, as a sort of back-end engineer. And the next year, I was looking through the hackathon projects and looking for other people who might be interested in the same thing. And I found a bunch of people in Silicon Valley. Um, and they wanted to do computer vision for blind people too. And we teamed up and sort of over time, the whole project snowballed. We That year we ended up with like 30 participants. Then we got some participants over in Vancouver and really all around the world, it became a bit of a, 
a mission with more and more people joining and lending their expertise. And that just continued. And yeah, eventually it became part of my day job. Soon after that, uh, we got on stage with Satya at the Build 16 conference. And yeah, it, it became an app and it kept going. That's amazing. I had no idea that it started out from a hackathon project back in 2014. I remember the build with when you were on stage with Satya, and I'll put a link to the um, video that 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 they did with it. And it's just an amazing. It's a tear jerking video. It's so so good. But I had no idea it started off with a hackathon project back in 2014. That's 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 great. And now, as you mentioned, it is your it is your job. Did was it always Xamarin? That you did it with, or was it something? Did you start doing it with uh, just like Objective C and iOS? Oh, we should mention the app Seeing AI is an iOS app. Am, am I right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And so, did you start off with Objective C, or did you start off with Xamarin? Haha, neither. So, 2014, um, it was a Windows Phone app because that's what I knew how to develop for. So. I, I think I made all, you know, I tried making it as a web app, you know, just hacking around. And I thought, I'm a server-side dev, so huh, could I do this just in a web view? Um, and then I thought, no. And I'd done some WPF, WinForms. So I thought, let's let's go the Windows phone for the very first prototype. And then we kind of, the next year, we were all, I think, yeah, that version was Objective-C because we had an iPhone developer on the project and I also knew Objective-C and I did a bit of iOS dev by this point in time. But then eventually went down the route of what if we had smart glasses? So once again, we switched all over again and it was all Linux code running on a pair of glasses. And you know, commercializing something like that was hard. So then we came to this realization that really the way to get the benefit out to as many people as possible is through a mobile app because that is the supercomputer in your pocket. And oh. We, we sort of had a big discussion of where we go uh, React Native, where we're going to go native iOS, we're going to go Xamarin. And we can talk a bit more about that, but especially at that time, we, we, we just really felt that Xamarin was the, the ideal choice for us. Oh, that's great. And so I guess let, let, let's dive into that just a little bit more. Why, why did you pick Xamarin? What, what was the deciding factor? What made Xamarin stick out at the end of the day? There were several, and like I said, I sort of built apps, to like toy apps in many different languages and just, just to play around. But then I think now we're talking late 2015. No, I guess that was a prototype. So it was probably, you know, mid-2016. So at that moment in time, I just, I just really, really like the C-sharp language. And this is before Swift and Kotlin. And I was like, you know, at Microsoft, it's going to be much easier to find C-sharp developers. I like the fact that you could develop on Windows with a remote Mac build host, because again, not everyone in the team had had access to a Mac, a Mac laptop. And so those are two of the factors. Plus, yeah, just really liking C-sharp. Oh, great. I mean, that's one of the claims of fame for Xamarin, right, is that you can write C-sharp and you reuse the business or the application logic everywhere. So Alexei, I want to turn to you. Um, back when you first started in development, what made you pick Xamarin over going with like Objective-C or any of the other like React Native or something like that? What, what drew you to Xamarin? Uh, I actually started from Windows Phone development as being a .NET developer that was the most straight way to mobile development. 
And at that time, Objective-C was not the best language you want to use to <laughs> develop mobile application. And I didn't really like that or understand that. So I decided to go with Windows Phone and develop in .NET. And then gradually when Xamarin arrived with all the SDKs, I was able to reuse the same skills basically for iOS and Android. And I was super happy because at that time it was three platforms and you can develop a cross-platform app which will run natively on all three platforms. And for me, it was a straight learning curve, which is wasn't that hard to adopt. So I guess, yes. The thing I love about Xamarin, it's if you know C Sharp, you know .NET, you're kind of you're kind of almost a mobile developer there. There's always going to be the platform specifics that you're going to need to learn, but you're you're there just a little bit. And to add, uh, it's hard to learn everything at once. So learn every platform-specific feature of iOS and Android, and on top of it, also language-specific features. While keeping .NET in your pocket, you can learn easily all the native platform-specific stuff, and then gradually when you need, eventually switch to Swift, Kotlin, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm basically not no longer tied to C-sharp and .NET. We are actually doing lots of native stuff using Swift and Kotlin, bindings for Xamarin, adopting this, all the amazing SDKs. So we're no longer tied to C-sharp. And you actually wrote a great article on the Xamarin blog talking about how you can take Swift libraries and bind them to C Sharp. And I'll, I'll, put a, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can read that. It's a really interesting article. And same article about Kotlin. Oh, yes, right. That's right. Can't forget about Kotlin. And that's actually a pretty neat cross-platform uh, framework by itself. So, Sakib, so I want to ask you about the application itself. Now, I have it up and running on my phone. And... It has a couple different, or I'd say several different uh, functionalities for it. There are things called like short text, document, uh, product, person. So can you walk me through just not all of them, but just some of them of what they, what they do and why they're, why they're so helpful? Absolutely. So we think of this, I mentioned earlier, as a talking camera app. So the main screen is your camera view. But then you have the ability to recognize different things and we have a number of different channels. We call them along the bottom in a carousel. And so we can recognize short text, which is like short snippets of text, which are just read out loud in real time. So we imagine that you might just want to glance around to see this envelope, who's it for, who's it from, or other products, or just pieces of paper, just to get that glance. Uh, we also have channels for reading a document where you want to get a more accurate scan and you're going to spend the time. It's going to help you line up a picture by finding the edges of the document for you. And you can do face recognition to identify people so uh, you know who's around you. And, and a whole bunch more. We can sort of describe a scene and then also let you explore it with your finger. So as you move your finger over the screen, you're going to hear whereabouts the different objects in the image are. And then in addition to being camera, we can also browse the photos already on your phone or share photos from other apps, which is something users really love. The scene one where you can actually move your finger around and actually see things or have it describe particular things in a scene, that's that's neat. And I didn't know that when I was playing around with that. Um, I did have to admit I was playing around with the person one. It took a selfie and it told me I was a little bit older than what I am. So I'm going to have to talk to you after the show to see if we can get that fixed. 
<laughs> Add um, a little if statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Matt, then. <laughs> so what's your favorite functionality? What's what's your the one that you're most proud of that you developed that's in here? Wow, that's that's a tough one. I think if we get more than one, the short text is pretty cool. It's the one that I think you first launch into. People really like it because it's just immediate. It's reading to you straight away as you point point things. You like using your camera as a pointer, and it just starts reading. The explore one, the explore um, exploring the photo, where you described. I'm quite proud of that because it could involve using sort of setting different audio cues and haptics and um, also, the AI for recognizing the objects. So that's pretty cool bringing all that together. And I guess that sort of neural network sort of based um, barcode detector, which then goes to recognize products and stuff, that's kind of cool too. So I guess maybe you're going to say everything, but yeah, those are some of my highlights. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. So let's talk about um, how some of the AI in it works. Is it are you calling out to like any cognitive services or is it all like core ML baked in? Um, we don't have to get too down into the weeds, but if you can kind of give our listeners just a little quick tip or some tricks on how everything is working within it. Yeah, totally. So there's sort of a combination of different technologies and techniques used here. So when we need to use more heavy AI, which requires the computational power of the cloud, then absolutely, we're just calling cognitive services via the APIs that are available. However, the best experience is on device because, like you said, with the short text, you want to point it at something and you want to get that immediate feedback. And so for that, we are training models in the cloud, but then we are bringing them down onto device with CoreML. And then Another factor in choosing Xamarin is that we also use several native libraries. And that was a factor that Xamarin lets you bind to those native libraries. So that was uh, very helpful as well. Like you said, the, the short text one is great. And one of the things that we do in my in my day job, so to speak, of I do a lot of writing of documentation. And one of the things that we like to have is five minutes to delight where somebody can sit down, read read this quick start doc, and actually have an app that's up and running. And so this short text is like five seconds to delight. You download it from the App Store, you launch it, and then all of a sudden you're reading things on the on the application. It's just, it works, it works quick, and it's, it's amazing. This app is for everybody. It's not just for blind folk, but I mean, it, it could be for everybody to make their day-to-day -day life easier, I think. Totally. So we still hear from, I remember my favorite story like that is hearing from someone who wanted to read the serial number of a, like the asset tag of a computer. And so, you know, he's crawling on the desk underneath the computer. It's all dark under the desk. And so he was using seeing AI short text to, uh, to read the number around the back of the computer. I was talking a little bit before with Alexi and asking, you know, what he did to help this app work better. And he he told me that he moved in and did some refactoring to it. When I hear refactoring, I, I hear that we all we bumped up against something. So, um, so Kim, if you could tell me a little bit more about when you needed to do the refactoring, what I'm, this is all a long way of asking. What didn't you like about Xamarin? I think that with seeing AI, we bumped up against some of the edges as the app grew. So when you file a new project and everything is fresh and straightforward, um, everything works really well. But sort of over the years, and we've been going for 
you know, four years, maybe, I guess now, um, you just get more and more different types of challenges. So I think I sort of went to Alexi and team to say, you know, our build times are really, really slow. Can you help us? And, you know, especially when you're doing that awesome um, dev on Windows across over to a Mac and the app size is also just growing really big. So Alexi uh, came along and did some incredible work to um, increase the build times and simplify um, our project structure and so forth. Alexi, you can guess what my next question is. How did you go about doing that, making the build times faster, decreasing the app size, and uh, helping with the project structure? Yeah, that was an amazing journey. It was a pretty long journey, and we, it wasn't just a single task to accomplish to make it faster. We had a list of activities to be done, and refactoring was one of them. Also, we've changed some settings. We moved some classes around. We switched from um, shared project structure to .NET standard to compile specific uh, for specific platforms. And uh, it's all together worked uh, to improve the development cycle. And while working on the project, I felt that pain when you're trying to do a small change and then wait for a few minutes while it's compiled and then you execute that. So I was pretty engaged on getting that thing done. <laughs> and that was... Uh, 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 um, intense refactoring. We worked together with Sakib. He also was uh, changing code on top of mine, and we worked as a team for, for quite a long time. What's what's the architecture patterns that are being used in the app, if I can ask? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're, this is not a Xamarin Forms app. Am I correct in that? No. Yeah, it's totally Xamarin native, and that's what I love. I, I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am that Xamarin, in addition to forms, lets you do pure native development. And that's in terms of the accessibility. And we're just using so many iOS-specific APIs for a smooth, sort of, not just smooth, but really exemplary accessible experience. But then also CoreML and haptics and a whole bunch of other things, which um, you need to get low level for. So yes, native app. Native app. And are you using, because I know over on, it's been a while since I've done any iOS development work with Objective-C, but it was always like an MVC pattern there. Are you following any of those patterns? Yeah, it's pretty much similar to MVC with, you know, a bit of homegrown stuff thrown in um, following a, um, a typical iOS pattern with your view controllers and so forth. Okay, very cool. And we mentioned a little bit about Azure before. So we're using um, cognitive services. Are you using any other Azure features at all? Um, so we have our own backend, which sort of wraps our call to cognitive service and so forth. And that's all an Azure app service. And we use like, you know, if you listed all the bits of Azure, you'd probably come up with 20 different little services that we use, whether that's Key Vault or um, App Insights or App Center or... Um, you know, table storage, blob storage, and uh, Azure Functions, and da 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 da. It keeps going on. What, what what's your favorite Azure service? I think it's App Insights. So we use that for our telemetry, and I love the way that we can query telemetry with this programming language called Custo. And because I'm like command line inclined, in, personally, I have my own little 
command line tool for querying them whenever you want to find out you know what some monthly active users or you know which country are people most in you know i can just go to the command line every little REPL, type in a few commands and and you know put my finger on customer behavior and i love that so i'm i'm asking not only because i'm super interested but also i'm picking up so i can have a next azure app service of the month and maybe it's going to be application insights alexi do you have a favorite azure service um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think everything related to mobile services, probably push notification services, push notification hubs. I'm also going to add custom visions. Are, all the cognitive services are pretty impressive how you can just build intelligence into your app. But, you know, for listeners, some, there's a service called custom vision. You can go to customvision.ai. And that just lets you train your own machine learning models by dragging in images and then you can train a classifier, you can export it to CoreML. And we don't use that so much in seeing AI. We train our own models, but it's an incredible way to get started in this if, if listeners want to. Yeah, Custom Vision is an amazing service. And what you touched on it, but you can train anything you want with it. Like if you want to be able to identify different flowers with it, you can. If you want to be able to identify different trees with it, you can. It lets you do whatever you want. And you can download it, a Core ML model for it and, and install it on your phone or a TensorFlow model as well. So it's totally expandable. It's totally customizable. And you train it and you give it a, after it's trained, you can upload a sample image to it. And, and you can like say, essentially you're testing it at that point and whether it's good or not. And it's, it's a stupendous service. And I believe there is a free trial level for it too so you can get started and it has a wonderful user interface as well and i wish more people knew about this thing because it's it's great and you and it's not like a cognitive service where you have to call out all the time where, where you're making um web calls all the time it's loaded on your phone so you do get a little bit of a faster response time to it yeah thank you for bringing that up that's a, an amazing an amazing service i can say that I also like that service because we tried it for one hackathon project and it was pretty amazing. We did it, it on device. So it also provides you APIs to access every feature. You can only, not only upload images, but also train model and download it. Everything using just APIs. It's an amazing service. And I'll put uh, in the show notes how to um, documentation behind it and how to get to it and everything else. So I would highly encourage everybody to go out and try to get at it. So Kibber or Alexi, is there anything else that you would want to bring up about seeing AI? Well, first of all, everyone should just go out and uh, download from the App Store and try it, of course. Um, but yeah, there's just so much more we can do. I th in, in our team, we're really just thinking about what are the emerging technologies coming down the pike? What is the incredible work being done across Microsoft? And then how do we use that to help more people? And you know, primarily right now we're seeing AI that's people who, who are blind, but we also hear from people with learning differences or English as a second language that the, some of these technologies are also useful. So, um, yeah, give it a go. And there's just always more that our team is looking to do. Oh, that's, you know, I'm going to, I was wrapping up the podcast, but I'm now going to dig back in. So can I ask you about some of the future roadmap that you have? Because the ESL, Alexi and I were talking about English as a second language, ESL 
stuff before uh, we, we kick this off. And that's what, that's really cool that you could we're expanding CA seeing AI to uh, allow that or that, enable that. So it's not so much it's not specifically so seeing AI is remaining primarily an app for people who are blind. That's not a scenario that we are enabling per se, but it's just something that we hear from. Um, customers who have found it useful for that purpose. So, um, okay. want to be, yeah, like, you know, the fact that you can take a picture and hear a description, or you can point to an object and hear what it is in English. So, I think it's one of these things as engineers, we put things out there that we build for one purpose, and that might be the 99 use case, but then you hear from so many other people with so many different needs that um, they're use, uh, finding for your app. Sure. End users are ingenuous. They'll find, they'll make your app work in a way that you never intended to. And that's what we have to test. I got to say, yes, testing, absolutely. But my favorite story about users using the app in ways you didn't imagine is in the beginning, we did not have a special channel for recognizing currency like we do now, but we did have face recognition. And so we heard from a group of users who had trained the face recognition to recognize the presidents on the, on the dollar notes. And so they had made their own currency recognition through face recognition. I thought that was, that was incredible. That really is something else. I mean, I guess I would never have thought of doing that, but it makes total sense, right? Exactly. Never would have thought of that. <laughs> oh, very neat. So I guess, I guess with that said, um, we should have like a pick of the pod here. This is our first one doing the, the what I'm going to call the customer success stories or the customer stories uh, podcast. So I'm going to say a pick of the pod. And Alexi, I'm going to start with you. Are there any applications out there, any apps that you're using right now that you think are super cool that um, you just want to talk about? Give our listeners a, a glimpse into. Just recently start to use uh, an app with selfie a day <laughs> i don't know you're doing a selfie and i do a time lapse for you it's a pretty well developed application and i like that so and i like the use case when you're doing a, something every day like it could could be not only selfie you're trying to track the progress and uh, that that's a very interesting concept I also did an app like that or used an app like that where I took a selfie every day. I did it for like three years straight, which wow. was amazing. And then it um, it ended when as soon as we had a, like the, the developers stopped updating it. And then um, it just iOS updated and the app went away. It wouldn't <laughs> run anymore. So that was an end of that app. All right. So Kib, anything anything you're using out there that you think is super cool right now? I, there's so many, though. You know, when you ask just on the spot, I'm like, Actually, I can't think of a single one thing that, you know, I, I'm sort of scrolling through my phone and thinking, you know, what other apps I'd recommend. Um, I think for developers, though, I would definitely just recommend take a look at Azure Cognitive Services if you haven't already. There's just so much cool possibilities of things you can make out there. Yeah, Cognitive Services is actually expanding. Every time I go in there, there's like this new little... I'm not going to say little, but new functionality out there that I didn't know about before, um, like form recognizer that's been out for a little bit. But I mean, it's it's really neat on how all these. I'm going to say intelligence in the cloud is out there and is at our fingertips as app developers that we can just go ahead and integrate 
And it really is, what it amounts to is just making an, a rest call to these um, services and you can really add a lot of brains to your applications. Totally. And my favorite maybe is, well, not my favorite, the most recent, let's say, is the neural TTS. This is text-to-speech where you can give it some text and it gives you audio back. And my goodness, since the last time I checked, the the quality and the humanness of the audio has just improved so much. So definitely just go and explore and take a look. Wonderful. All right, Alexia and Sakib, thank you so much for joining us on the very first Xamarin Podcast, Customer Success Stories. I appreciate it. I know our listeners will. So thank you. Bye-bye.